Okay, let's pray. Just a quick little prayer. Lord, here we are. We're, we're here to uh, abide in your presence and ask, Lord, that you would speak now and that we'll hear. And these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, I guess almost every time I get up here and speak, I forget to get the microphone. And I think, why? Yeah, I know. I, I, I mean, that, that really is the answer. Um, but, I mean, I've spent a lot of time um, using microphones. But I usually have a guitar or something, so, you know, I don't know. Anyway, um, life. <laughs> I, I mean, I was watching TV yesterday, uh, trying to follow some football, you know. And, uh, and uh, let's see. Somebody comes up with a, is it Regions Bank that has the life thing, L-I-F-E, and it has I-F in these green letters and stuff. Uh, I have to say they've done a superior job of that because usually I can't remember. It could be a great commercial. I remember the commercial for the rest of my life, but I'll have no recollection of who it was for, um, which it is because I remember it was for Regions. Yeah, so, um, you know, I've seen that life, um, and obviously life is a big deal. It's a, you know, it's a big thing. So, I want to start with a scripture, uh, John 10.10, and it's one that um, you've probably heard before. Is that John 10.10? 10? That's not what I have in my Bible. <laughs> huh? No, just John, John. Okay. Well, I'll be. Let me see. I can be pretty obstinate. Yeah, you're right. That is John 10. 10. Wow. Anyway, I typed it wrong. But what I have, please take the slide down. <laughs> okay. This is Jesus talking, okay? Uh, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I grew up reading King James, and then I wasn't a big fan of New Revised Standard, what was big, New American Standard, and, you know, all that. So it, originally I, I learned it, uh, uh, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly or something like that. But the, uh, the thing here is I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
And, uh, I mean, that sounds great. It also sounds real simple, real easy to understand. Um, but then, when we think about it, this is one of those things like Romans 8, 28. You know, it's uh, all things work together for good for those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. Until you start asking things like, well, what is the good and what is the purpose? And then you realize that we often have, we often have misconstrued that. You know, it's a, so what here, what we have here is, first of all, we need to understand what life is. And that sounds silly, I know, but we need to understand what is meant by life here and what it is to have it to the full. And my first impression when I, you know, uh, have read this in the past and um, is Jesus said, I've come that you may have life. In other words, you may be more alive than you are now or spiritual life or something like that <coughs> and have it to the full. So, you know, there it is. Um but if we stop and think about, okay, I got to tell you, okay, I'm going to tell you a little, it's a true story. And this happened back in the mid-70s, and I know it's true because it happened to me. And, uh, and I was working at Laverty Music Company. Um, and it was during the summer. I was moving pianos and I was teaching guitar lessons. And it was actually a pretty good gig. Um, but I remember one day I had severe stomach cramps. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find the delicate way to say this, you know? And uh, I could relieve myself from time to time. But this was not my way of spending the day, you know? And I was uh, pondering the, uh, the theological implications. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I really was. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I'd pray, Lord, is this necessary? Do we have to do so and so and so? And, and what I heard was, and I'm not saying this was prophetic. I'm just saying I heard it, wherever it came from, memory, whatever. Um, I've come that you may have life and have it. I, I think, I mean, this was before NIV, so and then you may have it more abundantly. And I'm thinking, I've got diarrhea. What are you talking about? <laughs> And that's when I realized that that was part of that. Yes, diarrhea is a part of abundant life. <laughs> well, it was for me anyway. Um, I mean, okay, that pointed out a really important 
understanding, and that is that when he says that I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, abundantly means more of it, right? And, and, and I was very much, I, I, look, I was feeling very much alive. I, I was, I'm not, well, so, I mean, and I'm not kidding, this, this, is, this really is a part of what I'm saying today, is that our initial reading of something like that is often, um, yeah, right, it's like I've come that you may have life and and it's going to, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be cool. Uh, I'm sure I looked at it that, one, that way at least one point during the day. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of spiritual lessons you can get from that. But I think the thing was, the thing I was getting was that we have, uh, we have definitions of these things we read in the Bible that are wishful thinking sometimes. And a lot of times, I mean, and, and a lot of times that's true. The things that we're thinking wishfully are true, but there's other sides to it. There's, there's the, and so... So what that brings me to is, is let's first of all understand what life is. And uh, <clears throat> I remember when West was probably about, I don't know, he was, before he was in elementary school, we were talking about a blade of grass or something like that, and it being, you know, something about it being alive or something. And he was going, well, how can it be alive if it's not breathing? <clears throat> and I was looking at him, wow, his definition of life is something that has to breathe. And, of course, that's not what we mean by that. Um, so, usually when we talk about something being alive, we talk about something that has metabolism that... Um, has the ability to change something into to produce um, to do some vital process that they need to continue living. Um, there is growth, which I guess from a literal standpoint, we look at it and we see something getting bigger from a I don't know. A, more figurative standpoint, they're getting smarter, they're getting, you know, the idea there is there's, um, there is growth, there's a reaction to stimuli that if you, um, you know, I mean, that's one thing they would do in days gone by to see if somebody was still alive, they would apply some stimulus to see if, but, um, because a stimulus is going to typically um, bring some reaction. 
And then there's reproduction, which means making more of your own kind, you know, that sort of thing. So there are things that, that, things that are alive do and things that aren't alive. We don't expect rocks to reproduce, for example, or to respond to stimuli. Um, so, and, and anybody who studied this stuff, and I mean in, in even the most basic way, uh, understands that. And there's, you know, like the Greeks had different words for life. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to go into all that. But... Um, we use those words. Those words form the basis of a bunch of English words. Uh, bios, which is physical life. Uh, psyche, which is the soul. Um, pneuma and zoe. So, you know, those are all different things. Okay, so what does this passage not say, whatever, it, whatever it's addressed, you know, since it's not John 10.10? 10. Okay, yeah, what does it not say? Right, that's it. It doesn't say it's going to be easy. Yeah, you're not, I mean, you know, and that's the, the main thing is, we seem to want, and I, I'm as guilty as anybody, uh, we seem to want to, lo- to, uh, to have the benefits of life without the, the struggles. Um, and, the, and the fact is, is that ease and fullness are incompatible. That ease, there's nothing wrong with it but it's not going to produce it's not going to produce life i mean if you struggle all the time you're not going to i mean you'll just get worn out and and we know most of us i think know something about that and then if you are it's at ease all the time then you're going to you know you're going to get lazy or bored or something. So, but essentially what happens is, is that a full life basically means that, um, well, greatness is forged in a fire, and that's pretty scriptural. In fact, there is a scripture that I used to quote to myself, and it was uh, 1 Peter 5.10. Let's see if we... <laughs> I mean... You did what? Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, this is from King James because that's how I remembered it. Um, but the God of all grace who 
hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. That, I remember there are times when I've read that and, and I thought, please, no. You know, uh, but I'm here to tell you that's true. And it's like, and I know I've mentioned it before, that Paul, when he's is uh, uh, in Romans 5, I believe, when he's, he says, we rejoice in our suffering. Um, I'm still not happy about it, but I, I understand it a whole lot better. Uh, so, <coughs> um, I can't say that I rejoice in it, but I know what's going on. I know it's necessary. So, the point of the abundant life is not that it's easy, but that it is good. So, life can be good, and that doesn't mean life can be easy because an easy life is not going to be a good life. Okay? Do y'all, are y'all following what I'm saying? Okay. So, but it can be very, very good. Does that mean a life will be good? No. Now, some lives are horrible. And that's, in fact, what Jesus said he had come to do. He'd come to make these lives good, full. Now, excuse me while I, <coughs> I don't know why. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, I mentioned the word zoe, Z-O-E, you know, that's in English, um, which is, you know, I guess you could call it resurrection life. Um, you know, and, you know, in our, our version. So what is it about? First of all, it's about the whole person. Uh, and this is... Um, okay, I'm going to try it again. All right, wait a minute. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to go to oh um Oh, yeah, that's it. So it's Philippians 3.20. <laughs> okay. All right, I don't know what happened earlier, but that it's fixed now. Okay. So, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, 
the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Um, so when he talks about transforming us, he's not just talking about our mind or soul. He's talking about the whole package. Uh, another part of this is to experience Christ's glory. And this is Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. For Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So, um, we will be conformed to his image. 1 John 3, 2, dear friends, now we are children of God and what we have and what we will and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. His kingdom will be our kingdom. Matthew 25, 33 and 34. He will put his, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for, for you, and I accent you, since the creation of the world. So, he has a plan, and we are a part of that plan. And we are, in order for us to be that part of the plan, we pretty much have to be adopted into his family. We have to be conformed to his image. Um, you could look at uh, Romans 8.29. Uh, there are places, other places you can look at that show <coughs> that very specifically states that we're to be, uh, that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and so forth. Uh, the idea is that we take on a family likeness. And I don't know how all of this works. I mean, that's one reason why we have a lot of different Christian churches with beliefs about what we do because. These are things we don't, some of these things we don't have clearly laid out. <clears throat> but how we get from here to there, I don't know all the ifs, ands, and buts. But we don't get from here to there doing nothing. We don't earn any of that. He has already paid the price for our redemption. And we must never forget that. Now there are disagreements among different 
Christian groups about what can be earned and what is not or whatever. But that, that's not what I'm discussing. That's not for discussion right now. The point is, we do not earn our salvation. We've got to remember that. (coughs) So what is all of this about? This is about taking on the family likeness. This is, this is all about, I remember growing up, and I grew up pretty much in the Methodist church. And it was, a, it was a, most of the time it was a pretty good church. Um, and I got to a place where I was, um, I don't know, I was, out of college, and um, there was, now I forgot what I was going to say. Boy, it was, it was so good, too. I mean, I'm saying that because, you know, Now you'd think it would, wouldn't you? <laughs> but <laughs> I see. All right. Okay. Yeah, I had Methodist church, had college. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? That's making it worse, Jimmy. You know that. Yeah, we've already got the slide, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I beg your pardon for that. I wish I had. Anyway, it was one of those popped into my head. Oh, yeah, that'll be perfect. And then, yeah, so much for that. All right, anyway. Um. Fundamentally, what this all boils down to is, is that we trade our dead lives to him, and then he gives us a resurrected life. So far, it's a good deal, right? And then we invest that resurrected life in his kingdom which is, in fact, investing in our own inheritance. So he's offering something, and even though it can be hard, it can be hard because it, it needs to be hard. And not everything is hard, but there are some there, there are hardships. And... So that's one reason why we need to really pray for one another, help one another. And when he was asked, you know, what, when Jesus was asked, what's the, the great commandment? He says, you know, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said, and there's another one, and your neighbor is yourself. And in those two are all the laws and the prophets. 
So if you want to do all of the good stuff, then we, we totally love God. And we, we really do try to take care of one another. And that's pretty much the whole thing. Now, I'm going to just pray a little prayer. And first of all, I'm done preaching. Okay. So if uh, anybody has a need, if anybody would like to have a more insight from God into what we're talking about, then uh, you can just come over here on the green carpet and we'll have our ministry time. Or if you've just got a ache, pain, or anything else. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, and there's, and and honestly, that is how Romans eight twenty eight works out. I mean, for those who are called of God, you know, that they work out for good. Now, does it mean that just because something happened, if you know, if something bad happens, it's going to work out for good? It sort of depends. Do you love God? Are you called to His purpose? Because that those are the conditions, and and the good is not so that you can just have a, you know, uh, again not not just so you can have an easy or a fun life. So you there are things you can have hardships that you bring on yourself that have, as far as we know, no redemptive value, at least not to, not to the person who did it and can be very detrimental to other people. But if you have hardships, if you have things that come along and they really do, um, I mean, you know, difficult times and, and stressful situations, and <coughs> if you're a believer, I think a lot of times, even if you brought it on yourself, that there's grace there, there's forgiveness there, you know, if you'll confess it and, and you know, and, and get it redeemed. I don't want to get too much into the weeds here, but that's pretty much the thing is, is that, right, that, that suffering is in itself a tool from God unless it is something that you've just sort of needlessly brought on yourself, which, you know, is something we do. And we can needlessly bring it on other people. And that's a kind of sin. So, if you would like to have prayer for this or anything else, then uh, I'm going to 
We're going to open up the prayer area over here. And uh, I'm going to just pray this little short prayer. So, Lord, we thank you for life. We thank you for this life, and we thank you for eternal life. And we ask, Lord, that you would work within us to provide us with what we need to be conformed to your image. In Jesus' name, amen.